This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, Elliot, when I say the name Neil Sheehy, what comes to mind for you today's random player of the day? Well, first of all, before we get to uh, that, I just want to say, while I was driving, I just died of nerdetry listening to all of that. I just want to say. <laughs> Paul Bebo, the number zero. Well, remember, we, we hang on, hang on, no, hang on a second. Yes. Because I know where indulged, you're going to go. Indulged, I know exactly in, where you're going here. Yes, I know where you're going. You've indulged me in this one about the goaltenders that are switching every yes. seven minutes in Dick Irvin Sr. because Bebo was one of them. So as we like to say, Elliot, physician, heal thyself. Because I've heard you nerd out plenty about things like that. So have a you look know, in the mirror, Frege. Yeah, I know it's true. It's totally, But when you, the moment you said Ken Reggett and Wendell Young, I was like, I know where this is going. Um, you know, when, <laughs> like when I when I think of Neil Shee first, I think of the guy who hit Gretzky. He well, he was his shadow. Yeah, right? but like, he used to he used to hit him. You remember those he used games? To, he used I know. to drive the Oilers crazy. He used to hit him, and they went up to him, and because you know the famous guy who hit Gretzky was Bill McCreary. And the, the, it was a Leaf yes. prospect. And the story goes that when Bill McCreary got back to the bench, the other players on the Leafs said, what are you trying to do, get us all killed? Like, they were not happy with him. Like, he, he paid the price for that uh, internally. Like, she used to do it. And, you know, at that time, the media in Calgary and Edmonton fought each other as much as the players did. And the, the <laughs> people would go up to him and go, how dare that you hit Gretzky? And he would say, is there a rule that I'm not allowed to hit this guy? So, like, I always kind of liked that about Neil Shee. It was, uh, I just remember as a kid watching him hit Gretzky and, go, and being completely unapologetic about it. And that wasn't the case mm-hmm. by, by anybody else in that day, that's for sure. Well, that's where those games would be like three and a half, four hours sometimes. I remember yeah. there was, uh, I think, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, I, th- I think that that one of those brawls actually made it to the cover of Sports Illustrated. Like there was one that was just like particular, and it was very rare for, for hockey to make it onto the cover of Sports Illustrated uh, in yeah. the 80s, having to compete with, you know, basketball, baseball, and football, et cetera. But I remember there was one, and it was, I can't remember who was fighting. It might have been like, you know, Tim Hunter and Don Jackson or something, or Kevin McClelland. And there was also a little side corner piece of the, you know, the Islanders and the, the Rangers had a, had a particularly lengthy one. But those... Uh, we'll transition to the, the, the modern day here in a second. But those those games were legendary, Elliot. Montreal, oh, yeah. Quebec, uh, the Islanders and the Rangers, and the Battle of Alberta. Like, I know there's still an intensity there, but I know I sound like an old guy when I say this. It's nothing, nothing like it used no. to. You know, like, like I was reading this week, uh, Down Goes Brown had a piece in The Athletic about, you know, what has hockey lost without fighting? And, you know, he was trying to trying to write it without saying what he didn't want to say, which is that, you know, I think we all I think we all understand that with what we've learned about head injuries and things like that, that we have to be more judicious about it and we shouldn't have stage fighting anymore or players that only play five minutes a night and all they do is fight like i think most of us i I can't speak for everybody but i i think most people are kind of like that but there's no question in my mind that on some level the nhl misses the hate that existed in the 80s and 90s and i was talking about this 
someone was someone the other day, and and he was talking about how in the eighties and, and the seventies too, the seventies, eighties, and nineties, you were at, you had to be. There were times you would be uh, afraid, sometimes a little bit afraid, sometimes a lot afraid yep. if you were playing certain rivalry games. Because you just never knew what was going to happen, and you knew it was dangerous out there. And I don't think we need that anymore, but I do think the NHL misses the hate. And I'm just saying as a viewer, mm-hmm. I, I miss the hate. Like, they're, I mean, like even Saturday night, like I was talking about the Battle of Ontario, like the, Sen, the Sens aren't back yet, but they're getting there. Like, I think that yeah. this could be, like, those games in the early, in the late 90s, early 21st century, holy smokes yeah. did those two teams hate each other. It was awesome. Yeah. It, it's interesting, too, the, the, the way the nature of, because intimidation exists in, in every sport. You oh, know, it's yeah. It's funny. I was just watching, a, a, a you know, and, like, it, it, it is part of what goes into making a player, goes into making a team. But I just think the definition of it is different now. Like and and maybe this is the byproduct of of getting older. Um, but I mean the Detroit like the Detroit Red Wings, for example, like their way to intimidate. This is post Coaster and, and Probert era. Um, their way to intimidate was the power play. It's like, all right, you want to take runs at us? That's fine. Have a seat, and we are going to crush you with, yeah. with our power play. I I still do think that intimidation exists. It just doesn't exist the way that it used to Elliot like it it is changed but listen like this is a fast sport and all it takes is like yep. one person to do one dumb thing or one yep. injury and then it's on like like Elliot how quickly did it go from zero um to to burning hatred between the Los Angeles Kings and the Edmonton Oilers last year pretty fast right and now fast. we've got well, you know, the Connor playoffs McDavid is a taking, different taking animal runs. True, very, very, very mm-hmm. true. But I mean, it gets lit really quick, and we still see it now. Like, what did we talk yep. about last week? Connor McDavid taking a run at Mikey Anderson from behind, and I, I, yep. I refuse to believe that that was just oh, at the at the moment he didn't look at the he didn't look at the number he didn't look at the at the uh, the name bar at all. No, but Connor McDavid knew exactly what he was doing and who he was doing it to, and that goes all the way back to the playoffs. <laughs> I still think intimidation exists. I still think hatred does. But I think what they've gotten out of the game, and I've always made this distinction, there's dumb and then there's hockey dumb. They kind of got the hockey dumb out, if that makes sense. I understand what you're saying. Look, I I just think, like, I remember I talked about this with Brandon Shanahan once. Like, you know, like, it's just there's, there's certain things we know now that we didn't know then, and you have to try to... Uh, you have to try to allow for that change in what we know. And I think that's kind of what's happened here. I have no, I, I don't have a problem with fighting as long as it's organic. Uh, I love the, the hard hockey in the playoffs. Um, I, I don't like, I just think in the regular season, the league has really changed a lot. And sometimes that's for the better. And sometimes I kind of look at it and say, geez, I wish there was a little bit more, hate there i like like that yeah. game on saturday night you know 20 years ago between toronto and ottawa if it was three nothing the last 10 minutes might have taken 45 like that's that's what we've changed <laughs> really you i i know what you miss you missed the norris division where the games took three and a half hours and all you needed was 60 points to get into the playoffs yes that's what you miss. yes i i would sit in the last <laughs> row of maple leaf gardens in the grays in high school because those were the only tickets uh, I could afford, 
and the 61-point Maple Leafs would play the 58-point North Stars, <laughs> and every other playoff team was 40 points ahead of them. But it didn't matter because yeah, one right. of those teams was getting into the playoffs, and they would kill each other. And it was, oh, my God, it was awesome. Oh, those days. Um, okay, so the, the, the juicy story that, and I haven't seen it confirmed anywhere. Maybe you know. Um, I am really watching with great interest this Florida Panthers-Buffalo Sabres situation. Oh, yes. And whether, and I know that Luke Lukanen and uh, Comrie split the net yesterday. And is Devin Levi, you know, going to start the most important game of the Buffalo Sabres season? And if so, you know, what is the message to those other two goaltenders um, what is the message to Levi? What is the message to teammates? You know, who's sticking their neck out on this one and making this decision? Who's for it? Who's against it? This is like the inside baseball game within the game here. I yep. just find this one such a juicy, delicious story that I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens. And on that, I just got a note saying Levi the starter tonight. Well, I, like the moment I saw that yesterday, that's exactly what I thought we were going to see. Um, you know, uh, and you know, I, like I think Don Granado has one responsibility, and his responsibility is to start the goalie who he thinks has the best chance to win him the game. And it, and if pause, Don Granado believes, pause for, yes. Pause for one sec. We've yeah. only really seen, with all due respect, because the Rangers were sleepy for the first two periods, we've only really seen him have to play for one period. Yeah, you know, like, all of that is true. And, and I know, are you going to bring up that that brutal road trip from Manhattan to Buffalo again, <laughs> uh, Jeff? It was still, a, but, technically, it was still a back-to-back, Mr. Friedman. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, like, I, I have to say, look... I know what you're saying. I think Don Granado, like I said, he has one responsibility, and that is to start the goalie who he thinks has the best chance to give him a win. And I think you owe that to your players to do the same thing because if the Buffalo Sabres win tonight, they control their destiny. Like, they can can make the playoffs based on the schedule and how many games they have left compared to anyone else. They win this game tonight. And they are in control. And so I think that Don Granato has only one thing to say, and that is this is the goalie who I think gives us the best chance to win, and that's my sole decision. And if that's the criteria, for, if he believes that Levi is the right guy, I back him 100%. That's his sole decision. You can't do this on sentiment. You can't say this guy has been here all year. None of that stuff matters. And the only, the sole criteria should be this is the goalie who gives us the best chance to win the game tonight. That's it. Uh, it's it's fascinating. It is to me. It's still it's 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 such a gamble. And maybe I put too much stock in you know who is whose player. You know, you can make the argument that you know Botterill was the one that drafted Lukanen, right? And then uh, uh, you know, I, I, like, you know, I, hang like, on, Jeff, hang I on. Can't, I can't imagine that. I, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know how the dynamic works in organizations. Like, do you uh, not? I know that, like, technically, is it Kevin Adams signed the contract for Comrie? I get it, but does it not feel as if the organization has so much? 
riding on Devin Levi. Yeah, this is I, I, I the think you can. I, them. Absolutely, absolutely. Like you know, but like the thing is, like so, I'm at the morning skate this morning in Columbus, and you know, one of the things we're talking about is Columbus. I think they're three, three and one in their last seven, and people are like, "Oh my God, they're ruining their chances at Connor Bedard." And you look at the roster, and I was in that Columbus room today, and I was like, I don't know if I've ever been in a dressing room before where I recognize fewer faces than this one. Like, there's a whole bunch of guys there that I have no idea. I've never met them before. I've never seen them before. Yeah. And the, the one thing we're talking about, though, like Brad Larson, the coach of the Blue Jackets, he doesn't freaking care about that. He cares about one thing, and that's winning games and making his record look as good as possible. And I just, like, I find it really hard to believe that Don Granado is going to go there today. And, and, and also, too, like Kevin Adams, all, this team has not been in the playoffs for a decade. They're, they're dying for this. They're, their fans are clamoring for this. You don't think that they're, they're, you think they're, there's any chance they're going to say, well, organizationally, it makes our good decision. We, 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 who signed this guy or this reason of politics? Not a freaking chance, Merrick. They're going with, they think, like, Granado's the guy with the information. If he's going with Levi, with, uh, with Levi, because he thinks he's got, gives him the best chance of winning the game, that's the only thing that they should care about. The only thing. Here's why I love it. It doesn't happen very often, but we've seen this before. The rookie goaltender that takes the team to the promised land. And we should mention as well, Tage Thompson returns for the Buffalo Sabres tonight as well. Like, things are really lining. I mean, th- this this game is a fascinating one. And I think the Levi decision, based on the smallest of small sample sizes in the NHL, but there is a history of this. It, there is a history of Ken this Dryden. in the NHL. So, well, Ken, Ken Dryden is, is, is one of the obvious ones. Um, I remember there was, there was a certain Andrew Hammond who had a very specific nickname, um, the Hamburglar, yeah. who helped uh, lead the Ottawa Senator. Like... This has been a story, um, uh, or a, a, a type of story in the NHL for some time. Anyhow, very much looking forward to this one. Um, Columbus and Toronto. Um, Toronto with the emergency recall, Joe Wall. And Jet Greaves getting in between the pipes tonight for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Elliot, what should we know about him other than, um, you know, was really good goaltender for the Barry Colts for a couple of years. Yes. Uh, first of all, like when I tweeted out the picture of him today, I just got a laugh of all the Leaf fans going, four nothing shutout, forty-seven saves upcoming." Like that's what that, <laughs> yep. they're already yep. in. We're getting clobbered mode here. <laughs> you know, actually, you know, a lot of goalies don't talk game day. Uh, he did a scrum, um, so it was nice to talk to him. Like it was just nice to meet him. I don't know a lot about him. You know, the other thing, too, is I was talking to Michael Hutchinson uh, briefly because Hutchinson's the backup tonight, and you know what he said? He gave, I said, what do you, what do you know about Jack Greaves? He goes, I just met him yesterday for the first time. And I was kind of laughing, and he goes, but he gave a thumbs up, Jeff, and he goes, Barry Colts. So you would you would like that, like uh. immediately credited the team. <laughs> but, you know, nice. Um, nice. like uh, like the, the thing about Jack Greaves is uh, really, like I didn't know this story, but his father uh, was a was a fighter. I think he said jujitsu, or I can't remember. I think it was jujitsu, and he said his favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loved Jet Li, so he's named after Jet Li, which I think is hilarious. Oh, like no what way. a great, yeah, what a great story. So anyway, he, uh, 
He signed with Columbus last year undrafted. I asked him why. He said he went to a development camp with Columbus in 2019. He really liked Manny Legacy. He he really connected with him, and Legacy obviously is still the goalie coach there. So when he had the opportunity to go pro last year, he chose Columbus because he felt he really connected with Legacy. And, uh, you know, his number, you look at his number, it doesn't look great, 895 in the A. But the one thing that some of the Blue Jackets were saying was he's been really good down there lately. So they felt that he earned it. He earned the opportunity. Um, He said that we asked him if he was playing for free tonight, which for those of you who are unfamiliar, it means he has to buy so many tickets that he's not doesn't make a salary out of this game because he's from Cambridge, just west of here. And he said he left it up to his parents to sort that out. But he kind of laughed and said (laughs) he knew that uh, it was a possibility. Really nice kid. uh, Really great opportunity. He says he's a big Frederick Anderson fan from when Anderson played for the Maple Leafs. So, um, you know, like, uh, I, you know what? I I hope it goes great for him. Seems like a really nice kid. And it's uh, it's a really nice story. 56 saves, 4-1 to Blue Jackets. I'll tell you, my whole Twitter timeline is full of predictions like that. (laughs) All right, a couple of things from last night. Uh, I want to go over a couple of things here with you. Um, Vegas and Minnesota, another really good game between these two teams. For whatever reason, the the styles just mix so well, and it's always good games. Uh, shootout, uh, Vegas wins in the shootout. Minnesota clinches a playoff position. Um, yeah. But I want to ask you about Matt Bold. I want to ask you about the coming of age of Matt Boldy here really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Without Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Boldy's really had a chance to shine here on the big stage. Uh, one of the hottest scorers right now in the entire NHL. Do you have a thought on, you know, the guy that's kind of come to Minnesota's rescue here with Kirill Kaprizov out and Kaprizov is skating. So cross your fingers for game 83. Uh, your thoughts on Matt Boldy of the Minnesota Wild? Well, I think he's had a phenomenal season. As you said, uh, Jeff, he has been huge for them with Kaprizov out of the lineup. And I think it's a real credit to the kid. I, I, I mean, I've, I, I didn't get a chance, obviously, to watch a ton on Saturday because I'm watching the hockey night games. But uh, I watched a bit last night, and I was really impressed with him. Um, it was interesting. I was having a conversation with someone about him last night, actually during the game. And he said to me that the interesting challenge for him is that now he's going to become a guy that whoever plays Minnesota in the playoffs, he's going to be game-planned against. And uh, for a lot of people in the NHL, you you sort of make your mark in the regular season, and and Boldy is on everybody's radar now. And, and, uh, and But where you really where you really separate yourself from a lot of other players is how you do in a playoff series once you get game plan for. And Boldy's going to be one of those guys. Like For the first time ever this year, people are going to be game planning in the playoffs for seven games of Matt Boldy. And this guy was talking to me last night. He says, I'm really a fan. I think he's a great player. I want to see this. This is what I want to see now is Boldy against a game plan specifically tailored for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, last night, tough loss for the Preds. Uh, big night for Jason Robertson. Big night for the Stars. Five to one. The Stars clinch. Robertson uh, eclipses the century mark, which it, it kind of sounds stunning when you say it. You know, the first Dallas Stars player to hit the century mark, like the first player as a star um, since the Minnesota North Stars um, moved to Dallas. 
Uh, I don't know how much more we can add to the Jason Robertson story other than the contract is already a bargain and maybe they should have given him the $10 million that he originally, I think it was $10 million, that he originally asked for yeah. uh, when the negotiations uh, started. Quick thought on the Preds, quick thought on Robertson if you have him. Uh, well, I mean, look, I mean, Nashville, it was a tough one. It was one of their games in hand, and they got a, they'll play again tonight. Um, look, like, I, I think what Nashville's done is really impressive. I just wondered if they had enough with a really tough schedule. And I, I just think they're, gonna, they're probably going to fall short. And I don't think anybody would be surprised at that. I think they've showed a lot of battle. I mean, for Robertson, for me this year, Jeff, like, I think we should have the Hart Trophy and the backup Hart Trophy. Like, I think we should have McDavid. Okay, <laughs> give him the Hart. And then don't and then no ballots with McDavid. Like, I would love to see a secondary Hart ballot where McDavid is not allowed to be included and see who would finish where. This is like Gretzky in your hockey pools in the 80s? Yeah. You're yes. allowed to have Gretzky? If, same, no, same, no, same in our pool... And, in our pool, if you took Gretzky, you weren't allowed to have a second-round pick. Okay, well that that that's fair too. But that'd be the, the the spirit of yeah, Gretzky's going to yeah. run away with this thing. The battle the battle is the battle is for second. So what you're what you're recommending then is um, as a uh, as a parent a a participation medal for someone for the Hart Trophy. Yeah, I'm like the vice president inviting the winning and losing team to the uh, to the White House. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's, 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 it's uh, oh, sorry, not the vice, it's, uh, the, it's the first lady, excuse me. I don't want to get that one wrong. Yep. Um, you know, I just, um, I, 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 I just, like, you're right. It's, I guess it's a participation trophy. I'm more just curious to see how the vote would go, yes. I'm not big yeah. in the participation uh, trophies, with... Jeff. Thanks. But I, I, it's like more like how would it go? I get it. I get it. Um, okay, so some big ones tonight. We mentioned Buffalo, Florida, uh, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, as well with some ramifications. Uh, Edmonton, L.A., just because, you know, this is message-sending time here. and These two teams are on a collision yeah. course as, you know, Vegas continues to win. Um, Chicago, Calgary. And we talked about who would play net. Jacob Markstrom gets a start tonight yes. for the Flames. We'll end on this one. Your thoughts on this huge game. This is tonight and then tomorrow on Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey. It's the Jets and the Flames, and that one is massive. Uh, but getting there, Calgary's got to get past Chicago. Your thoughts on this one? Well, you know, we talked about what we would do yesterday, and I, I said Vladar today and Markstrom tomorrow, although I had to say I wasn't really confident in that prediction. Um, you know, like, I guess we got to be ready for Markstrom to do both. And, uh, like, I get it. Like, I understand it. I don't know if I would have – like, I think this is a really ballsy decision if he plays both games. And I don't know that I would have done it, but I understand it. Like, I get it. I don't think it's an indefensible decision if this is what Calgary ends up doing. You know, you've got to win this one tonight. Uh, like, I get it. I understand. Your season's on the line. Um I mean, Cal- they got to win this one. They, there's, I, I just, I, I just think with all the three-point games and Winnipeg having the tiebreaker, they absolutely have to win this one. And like someone sent me a tweet, I can't remember who it was from, but I guess this Pittsburgh New Jersey game, there's like a 30% swing for the Penguins on whether or not they make the playoffs based on the outcome of this game. Based like on the game. 
Wow. Yeah, it's much. like it's yeah, it's a it's a huge game. I, I someone sent me the tweet. I didn't I, I I'd love to credit whoever did it, but I, I can't I, I'm driving right now, so I can't I can't look at it. Um but that's what someone sent to me. So I mean it's a it's a huge night of games. Like every night now, you know, it just seems like a really big night and and of course there's tomorrow, which we'll talk about I guess tomorrow. We will, uh, and that will let you go. Uh, big one tonight, the Maple Leafs facing off against the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Buffalo Sabres, and the Florida Panthers, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, Chicago, Calgary, Edmonton, L.A. 11 games to choose from. Um, should be a great one tonight. Dent your couch with your butt, folks. Uh, enjoy it. Thanks so much, as always, Fridge. All right, take care, Jeff. Speak to you later. Driving safely, as always, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.